I posted on my Instagram story a couple weeks ago any questions runners had about anterior knee pain or runner's knee because it's almost fall and that means there's lots of races coming up which is super exciting and the miles are increasing but unfortunately that means the injury rate is also increasing. So today let's go over what runner's knee is, how to treat it, and how to prevent the pain from coming back. Runner's knee is actually an umbrella term and it includes patellofemoral pain syndrome and chondromalacia patella. Most of the time when runners say they have runner's knee or think they have runner's knee, they are usually experiencing patellofemoral pain syndrome. That is when the kneecap is not moving correctly, specifically when the knee is bent or flexed. Chondromalacia patella is not as common, but it does include the breakdown of cartilage where the patella sits, which can eventually cause arthritis. So both of those diagnoses are going to have pain around the patella or under the patella, which is also known as the kneecap. So today, let's dive more specifically into patellofemoral pain syndrome because it's more common with runners, and I think that's what most runners are talking about when they say the term runner's knee. Most of the time with runner's knee, you're going to have pain with running, and it's going to get worse with activity. You're also going to have pain with squatting, going up and down stairs, or anything where the knee is bent, specifically to about 30 degrees of knee flexion. And with that repetitiveness that comes with running, that pain is going to get worse and worse as you increase your mileage. You might also have had an x-ray or an MRI, and that came back negative. So you're thinking, well, what the heck is going on? And that can be very frustrating when imaging doesn't show anything and you just have to guess that something is going on. And that can be very frustrating when imaging doesn't necessarily show anything is broken or torn. It might show a little bit of swelling, but what's happening is that the knee is not moving like it should during a dynamic movement. So if they ever created a dynamic MRI, that's when the kneecap would potentially be shown that it's not moving correctly, but there's a bunch of other causes for runner's knee and it doesn't all have to do with the tracking of the patella like we thought a couple years ago. Patellofemoral pain syndrome is one of the most common overuse injuries in runners, and all that means is there's too much load going through the patellofemoral joint. So where the kneecap glides on the femur is taking on too much load. Again, we once thought it was not tracking correctly because of quad strength, but research is actually suggesting there could be a ton of other reasons for a runner to experience that anterior knee pain around or under the patella. And that could be from ankle or foot weakness, glute and hamstring weakness, or that posterior chain weakness, ground reaction forces being too high. And when I say that, I want you to think of a runner that's overstriding or has stiffness in their ankle and excessive or insufficient foot pronation. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that there's just too much load going through that knee because other areas of the body cannot absorb the shock, such as if the ankle is stiff into dorsiflexion. So every time your foot hits the ground, it might sound 
pretty loud. I'm sure you've heard those runners who run a little bit louder than they should. They're not so quiet on their feet. And that just means that the ankle is not able to absorb the shock. So most of the load from the ground is going through the knee and the hip and it's bypassing the ankle. Ideally, your foot and your ankle are able to absorb and disperse the shock throughout the lower extremity so you don't have to deal with this overuse injury. And that is the same with excessive or insufficient foot pronation. Again, the foot and ankle aren't working like they should to absorb the shock and it's going into the next joint, which is the knee. And that might be why the injury rate for knee injuries in runners is so high. I think it's around 40% of all running injuries happen at the knee and patellofemoral pain syndrome is the most common overuse injury. So one of the first questions I was asked is, can runner's knee come back after it's gone away? And the answer is yes, unfortunately, it can come back. Any injury can come back once it's rehabbed and gone away. And I think that's important to note because one of the biggest risks for injury is history of injuries. So if I had a rotator cuff that wasn't working correctly and it was causing my shoulder pain and I rehabbed it, I could still get shoulder pain the following year. Unfortunately, it's not a one and done. You're never going to get that injury or pain again. I really wish that was the case, but I think it just shows that we need to be very aware of our body and why our body is getting certain injuries. Is it because of weakness? Is it because of our training plan? Is it because one side is weaker than the other? I know that's pretty common too. Runners think that they have one side that's weaker. I know I think that, and it tends to be the side that always gets injured. So it's good to be aware of that. So unfortunately, it can come back. The next question is how to detect runner's knee. So most of the time, because runner's knee is not going to show up on an x-ray unless you have the chondromalacia patella, which just means that you might see a little bit of breakdown in the cartilage, some arthritis in the knee. But if we're talking about that patellofemoral pain syndrome, then you're not going to have anything show up on the x-ray or the MRI. You might have a little bit of inflammation under the kneecap, but that is not always the case. So to detect runner's knee, it really comes down to where is your pain located and what activities cause pain. So usually you're going to have that anterior knee pain, which means that the pain is going to be right around the patella. So maybe on one side of the kneecap, or it's going to feel like it's right under the patella you're going to have pain with those dynamic movements that involve knee flexion. So think again, running, stairs, squatting, skipping, walking, anything where your knee is bending repetitively and specifically in weight bearing. And that's when it's going to get worse with activity. Another common question that I get asked is, what's the difference between ITB syndrome and runner's knee? And this comes down to where is your pain located? Runner's knee is very specifically under the kneecap or on the side of the kneecap. And ITB syndrome is more on the lateral side of the hip or on the lateral side of the knee a couple inches away from the kneecap. 
The next question I was asked is what to do about it or how the heck do we fix runner's knee? Because it can be really frustrating. You're getting into the meat of your training plan and then all of a sudden that pain pops up. Maybe it's not as intense in the beginning and then it starts to get worse and worse and worse. So I recommend you start rehab ASAP. I usually recommend you see how the pain is after a couple of days because we all know as a runner, pain just can come and go and there's no rhyme or reason for it. But if the pain sticks around after a couple of days or a couple runs, that's when it's time to take care of it even if it's low level pain, because that low level pain is telling your body something. And that's when you ideally would start your rehab exercises. So the goal of your rehab exercises are to reduce the forces throughout that knee joint. So we can offload the knee joint. This is going to include strengthening those weaker muscles and working on mobility and joints that are stiffer. So common movement patterns for runner's knee would be weaker quads, hips specifically into single leg, your glute max is usually weaker and your hamstrings are usually weaker as well as your calves specifically into a single leg heel raise. So working on strengthening pretty much up and down the entire kinetic chain, but if one area is weaker than the other, that's when you really want to address it. I have seen cases where just the quad is weaker in single leg, and I have seen cases where just the glutes and hamstrings are weaker into single leg. Also, most of the time, the ankle is going to be a little bit stiff, and so is the hip, so we want to work on that mobility. And I already mentioned this, but just being able to absorb shock, working on that foot motion and that control. That's going to help decrease your ground reaction force, which is ideal so we can prevent any overuse injuries, but also being able to work on your running form because if the whole cause of runner's knee is you overstriding and we do all these strengthening exercises, we aren't fixing the cause of runner's knee. Now, the rehab exercises can help decrease the overstride. Don't get me wrong. There is some carryover between the rehab exercises and your running form, but it's also good to address your running form and make sure you're not missing anything as you go through rehab. Let's talk next about exercises that help with runner's knee now that I've mentioned areas that you might need to work on. Now, All the exercises are going to depend on your pain level. You could have runner's knee with a 1 out of 10 pain and you could have runner's knee with a 10 out of 10 pain. You ideally want to start with exercises that are not painful. So that might include exercises on the ground, such as bridges, working on activating your glutes and your hamstrings and your quads. Again, working on those areas that are weaker. And then you're progressing into single leg exercises, such as a single leg squat. You're working on a hip hinge, such as deadlifts, progressing to a single leg deadlift and working on then progressing into plyometrics with the knee bent. So think of skater jumps, think of lunge jumps, jump squats, stuff like that, where you know you can tolerate that load. If you're looking for a plan to get rid of your runner's knee without having to see a doctor or go see an in-person physical therapist, I recommend you go through the runner's knee program. It's 10 weeks of strength and mobility exercises that are going to decrease the load through the knee so you can decrease your pain and run pain-free. 
I'll link that program below. And I just added an option for three times a week or six times a week. So you go through the plan that you can stay consistent with because at the end of the day, consistency is going to give you results. If you can have the right plan, all you have to do now is stay consistent with it. I do also recommend, depending on your pain level, you might have to decrease your mileage or speed. I recommend staying under the three out of 10 pain level when you're running, whether that's with hills, going up and down a hill, speed, or a long run. If you can stay under or around that low level pain, then you can continue running. If your pain jumps up though to moderate or severe pain, we need to adjust your training plan or your running schedule just for a temporary amount of time while you can rehab and get those other weaker areas stronger so you can have less pain when you're running. So then when you actually do increase your speed and your mileage, you're going to be able to do that with less pain. The next question I was asked is if specific shoes can help with runner's knee. I always don't like to blame shoes for an injury. Shoes are something where the first thing when a runner's injured, I have to get new shoes. And while that can help, specifically like plantar fasciitis, even shin splints at times, it can help decrease the pain. But with runner's knee, I wouldn't blame your shoes for the injury. There's nothing wrong with trying new shoes though. I think that's a good option at first, but don't be surprised if you still have the pain. Ideally, if you are getting new shoes, you wanna try a shoe with a different heel drop. So think about someone that's walking around in high heels versus barefoot. If you're walking around in high heels, you're gonna have more stress or more load through your knee versus someone who is walking around barefoot. And the same thing with the heel drop, it's just not as high as a high heel. So if we think about a Brooks shoe that has, you know, Brooks Ghost, Brooks Adrenaline, that has about a 12 millimeter heel drop. So it might cause more load through the knee versus an Ultra that has a zero millimeter heel drop. But again, do not jump around with your heel drops. Keep them semi-close to what you're used to because your body has to adapt to them. So just be aware of the heel drop. Don't go crazy with it and don't switch it up too quickly because that can just cause another round of injuries elsewhere. How long does it last? How long does runner's knee last? It depends. (laughs) I hate that answer, but it really does depend because if I have runner's knee and I decrease my mileage or I take two weeks off from running, which is pretty common, and I go back out to running and it still hurts as I increase my mileage and I just kind of repeat this process, it could last for a very, very long time, like months to even years because I haven't addressed why the pain is coming on. Versus if I have runner's knee and I start to get a one or two out of 10 pain, it's a low level pain. I can tell it's there, but I can keep running through it. I can start my rehab exercises and it will be gone in a couple weeks, maybe two months. So it does depend. But the whole idea is that you're not dancing around the injury 
or you're not putting a bandaid on the injury, you are actually addressing why is that pain coming on? And then the pain can go away a lot faster versus if you're just always taking two weeks off from running or always putting kinesio tape on it or something like that, like a knee brace on it where it's not actually addressing why the pain's coming on. The last question that I was asked is how do I prevent runner's knee from coming back or how do I prevent it from even coming on in the first place because everyone talks about how terrible it is and I've had it. It is pretty terrible, but the whole idea with preventing any overuse injury is having the right plan. Have the right plan with your running, have the right plan with your mobility, have the right plan with your strength training. It does not have to be as complicated as some people make it sound. If you are slowly progressing your mileage when you're running, if you are running majority of your runs a lot easier, that easy pace, ideally two to three minutes slower than your race pace with about 20% of your weekly mileage as a pickup. And if you're taking a rest day each week, if you're strength training appropriately, which means you're strengthening and stabilizing those important muscles in running, then that should cover injury prevention. It doesn't need to be this whole other event that you have to do outside of running because let's face it, who has time for that? (laughs) Who the heck has time for adding in something else to their weekly schedule? Get your strength training right. Get your stability exercises right when you are strength training. Work on that single leg control when you're strength training and you'll be good to go. All right, that concludes this episode. It was like a mini Q&A educational episode and I hope you found it helpful. If you have any questions, you can always email me or message me on Instagram at dr.lisa.dpt. And if you found this episode helpful, please rate and review it. It will take 10 seconds and I will really appreciate it so I can keep bringing you free content. I'll link everything below in the show notes and I hope you have a great run. Talk to you later. Bye.